Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Spilling Lemonade podcast. This is your host, Cammy Nelson, and I'm really happy to say that I'm super stoked for today's episode. So once again, I'm just doing a solo episode today, but I'm actually going to be reflecting on my time as treatment. Before I get into the episode, I want to say a few things, especially for those who follow me on my recovery Instagram at Cammy Recovers. I, one, as many of you may know, I'm actually going back to treatment, and I would like to say a couple things just to clear up. One, I, you know, I really try to show all honesty, and, you know, I haven't posted any episodes on here since I've started relapsing because I just didn't know how to go about that. Um, It's been a very, I know I'm going back to treatment, but it's been a very short and fast relapse. Like, it's only been about a month, but I got, you know, pretty severe quickly. Um, But honestly, as I was reading through my old binder today from treatment, I actually found so much inspiration to re-surrender to recovery and to go over everything. And I just thought that like this podcast started as an outlet for myself. And I think sometimes I forget that like, I love sharing this with everyone else, but like, I need to do this for myself too. So I'm not going to give a trigger warning for this because I don't think anything I'm reading is going to be triggering or anything I'm saying is going to be triggering. But I, unless you get triggered by mentions of like treatment, like going to the hospital, stuff like that. But I'm not going to mention specific like behaviors related to food or numbers or any of that stuff. Um, and yeah, so I'm so excited for this episode. Honestly, guys, I think that it's great. But I also just wanted to clear some things up before I started. Also, for future episodes, I have about three or four pre-recorded episodes that I kept, so that, ma- that I've made since like the very beginning of this podcast to like February, um, that I forgot to publish, to be honest, or that weren't like um, just didn't fit in. I felt like, or that I made as like to use in case something happened. I never thought I'd relapse, to be honest. I was actually pretty shocked that I did, Um, but I did know that, like, something could happen. Like, I could travel. I could, you know, I might have a hard week. Like, I just, so I have some pre-recorded episodes. So, other than this episode, I might be trying to publish some other episodes. I probably won't be able to while I'm in residential, but um, in the weeks leading up to that. Um, But I just want you to know, like, I won't be talking um, as if I'm, like, they're pre-relapse. So, um, just to clear that, um, up and yeah. Okay. With that started, I wanted to read some things and like compare kind of like, see how things ended up going versus how I thought they were going to go. Like kind of looking back at like what I wanted my future to be. It's been a year, almost a year, not quite. I'm going to be going back to residential nearly like a year. I think it's like 11 months after I went there the first time at the same place. So it's kind of, Although last time I went for anorexia, um, it's, it's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing. Um, I actually don't have a new diagnosis, by the way. But like, it would I would be shocked if I wasn't. I don't. I can't diagnose myself. But like, I probably will get diagnosed with a different eating disorder. Would be my guess, um, because I don't really have the symptoms of anorexia. Um, anyways, so the first thing is like. I remember we went through my phone and my therapist was like, we deleted everything triggering except for this one thing. It, well, it's not triggering, but the, the, it's just funny. 
And it always shows up in my year ago today. And I find it so funny. So I took this picture of myself. that's just like my head. And I asked myself a bunch of questions. And I just want to review those questions. So I asked this April of 2021. It's now late April of 2022. So about a year. And the questions were, I hope I'm recovered when I see this in my one year ago today. I got this like a day. This is like a day before I came out about my relapse. So that was kind of sad. Questions. Did you have to be hospitalized or go to PHP arrest somewhere? Answer. Yes. Yes. And yes. All of the above. Two. Are you struggling, recovering, recovered, quasi, or relapsing? That hit me hard because up until like a month ago, I would have said, you know, from like for a while, I would have definitely said recovering. And then through like December through February, I would have said recovered. Like I actually changed my Instagram name to Kimi Recovered. And um, then in about mid-March, I would have to change that response to relapsing. But I don't know if it's a relapse. I mean, it is a relapse, but I don't like the term relapse because I didn't relapse with anorexia. Like I developed a whole new eating disorder. So, I mean, it's still relapse into an eating disorder, but yeah. Um, oh, that one's triggering. <laughs> Question number four. Have you developed any other eating disorders? Please no, girl. We're just gonna leave that one. Are you getting to exercise right now? I would be if um, I haven't really exercised since I tore my ACL in October, so no. And I just, honestly, I don't really like exercise the way I used to. I used to love it, but my ACL injury and then my eating disorder kind of just like took that love for sports away from me, so. But on the bright side, I'm not addicted to exercise at all. Six, LOL, I'm so proud you're still alive. Seven, what's your hair like right now? Short. Eight, how did things work out? Was it really effing hard? Was it worth it? Yes and yes. Okay, now onto like the paper stuff from my binder. Although I realized I'm already six minutes into this episode. I try to keep solo episodes shorter. Don't feel, I mean, never feel obligated to listen to the whole thing. But, you know, this might be like a longer episode, but I, for me, it's entertaining. And that's, honestly, I'm trying to do this for my own mental health and my own well-being. But I love when you guys listen. It's so, like, each and every one of you means so much. Like, I constantly, not in a behavior way, um, but I'm constantly going and checking to see how many, like, listens I get. And it, like, or, like, when someone posts on Instagram, like, a picture of my podcast and, like, listen to some I walk and it's good and, like, tags me in it. I literally cry every time. Like, it makes me so excited and ecstatic. It's like one of my, it's number one right now. My reasons to recover is this podcast and everyone who listens to it. Like, I literally have it open in the other um, tab. Like, it's crazy. When I first started, I had like, maybe like, I think my first episode, like within the first month had like about like 200 listens. And now like some of my episodes have up to a thousand, which is really cool. And like, obviously the average has gone much up. So it's just crazy to me, like, that you guys enjoy it. And when people, like, DM me, it just means so much. But honestly, I don't really care that much about, like, the number of listens I have. I just, like, like, honestly, when I had one person listening, like, the first person listened, that excited me. Like, or, like, I had some, one of my classmates came up to me at school and told me they were listening to my podcast, like, as we were walking. And I literally, like, cried all class because I was so happy. I, I cry when I'm happy. But yeah, I just want to say I'm super grateful for y'all. Okay, but now on to 
my assignments. I'm not gonna read them all because some of them are triggering or some of them are too personal um, or just boring, but I like this one. New hobbies, interests, classes, events, and adventures to explore. I remember this was my therapist wanted me to like plan my recovered life. So we're gonna see. Obviously, I'm, as I said, I'm in a relapse right now, but up to like two months ago, I was recovered. So we're just gonna compare this to like what was real in February. Okay, one, creative writing classes. I was so busy. I didn't, I stopped writing my book, which literally I was reading my goodbye letters, every single one of my million mates and like staff members were like, continue to write your book. But I just, I got busy. Two, create a quote book for an art collage book. I think I did that in res. Three, find new ways to use my bullet journal. Absolutely did that. Okay, there's 20, 34 of these, so I'm not going to read them all. Um, six, write poems. I did do that a lot in uh, res. Um, ignore my cat scratching on the wall. 14, return to volleyball. I got to do that for about four practices. 13, return to soccer. Also got to do that for about four games. Uh, cooking and baking classes. Yeah, actually... I think I was really in denial, but I I think I like wanted, I've always wanted to be someone who cooks and bakes. So like, even when I like came back and I was like really strong in recovery, I kept trying to force myself to cook and bake. I hate that. I hate that so much. Like, I, I love, I wish I could cook. Like, it seems fun. And I actually am really good at it. Like, I'm not even gonna be humble. I'm the best chef in my like household. Not my thing. I do not enjoy it. And I think it was just a way to obsess about food. Me. For a lot of people, I could see why you would enjoy cooking. But it's not my thing. Um, change my hair by dyeing it or cutting it shorter. I just cut it short. And got bangs. So, slay. Um, learning a new language. I did not do that. I hate languages. Why did I put that on there? Uh... Religion or believing in a higher power. I'm like the most agnostic person I know. But I do believe in a higher power, kind of. Like, I believe the universe has power. So I guess that counts. Okay, that's all I'm going to read from that page. That's too personal. That's too personal. That's about my family. That's definitely too. Okay, a poem. Oh my gosh, I love reading poems. Okay. This one's called Why Do I? I remember reading this and everyone was like... Oh my gosh, like, slay. Okay, no one says slay. Not back then anyways. I, I say slay, but okay. Oh my gosh, it's, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just like talking to you guys. Like normally I'm a lot more like, like professional, I feel like, and like planned out. But I feel like I'm just having a conversation with somebody right now. Like, cause you're all like literally my best friends. And like, literally, like always feel free to DM me. And like be like, oh my gosh, like I do that too. Like I just, yeah. But I keep going off on tangents. So I don't know. I think probably some people enjoy my little rants, but <laughs> I know a lot of you probably don't, but it's just my personality. This is a very personality episode is what we're going to call it. But anyways, it's going to keep being very long if I keep explaining everything. So I'm sorry for that. Why do I? Why do I seek the comfort of pain when it's dark and cold and I'm all alone? I reach out for the singular thing that brought me to this place. I search for pain and sabotage during my darkest hours. And during the brightest times, I resent the darkness for still existing. Why do I fear getting better? 
When I'm ill and on death's door, I refuse to reach for the medicine. I hesitate around the medicine. And when I take it, I search for an opportunity to catch this illness again. Why do I strive to be her? When I do not want to, when I do not love being me, I want to be her, her, all the venomous parts of me, even when being her means leaving me behind. Why do I lie when the truth is harder than the softness of a lie? I bury my truths deep in my chest and spit out my little falses, then weep and frown when my truth is not heard. Why do I hold on to what's destroying me? When my heart aches and my body wants to break, I grab onto the explosives and hold them tight. I refuse to let go. Let go, let go. Then boom, now I'm left bitter and hurt. Okay, that was that. Um, okay, this next part, I don't know if I want to read this. Okay, this is funny. So this is funny, so I'm reading it. This is, okay, so we have to write, I'm not reading my autobiography. Um, we have to read autobiographies. Um, like you write an autobiography. <laughs> Mine was 26 pages long. So I'm definitely not going to read that. I don't think they're all that long. I know like a couple other girls read theirs and they were like four or five pages, but I'm a writer. So I was constantly writing while I was there. But this, I added a one page add-on to my like uh, autobiography. And I love this one page add-on because it's like really empowered. Last time I told my story, I told the story, a sad story. The story is full of enduring and surviving. I told the story that was true to the time. The story of a girl who was a survivor. She survived living many days wanting to take her own life and many days trapped in an eating disorder. I told the story of a scared girl with social anxiety. The story was the girl was, who was afraid and insecure. There's more to that story now, though. This should be the story of stealing back life, of learning to live, not survive, of choosing to do hard things. The part of the story that was never mentioned in my autobiography was what happened once I arrived here, which is in the grand scheme of my life, a major turning point. I arrived here a survivor, when I came, the girl was afraid to come, afraid to recover, and afraid to live. Before I had come here, I said the only way I would come was in restraints and against my will. However, the night before nearly giving up an opportunity to come here, something inside of me shifted, a spark of hope for the future, and I decided to come, to take a chance, to risk being uncomfortable. This was the best decision I have probably ever made in my life thus far, because this here is that I learned to grow and change and blossom away from my eating disorder. My first day here, I stood at the doorstep, unsure of whether or not I was going to actually enter. Somehow or another, I did. And I may have not been, and it, it may have just been the best decision I could have made. Day one was a lot. I missed home. I came in with so much enthusiasm. I challenged my number one fear food and asked to do it. I couldn't believe that I challenged Sonic and drank the entire large drink. At first, I convinced my dietitian to let me get milk from Sonic. Milk! It was crazy. Immediately, I really liked the staff. The nurse blinked was the first core staff member I met, and I don't think I shut up the entire hours with her. Day two. Day two, I was ready to leave. I was very convinced I was fully recovered. Why? I got my period back for the first time. I was thrilled and ecstatic. I was elated, and I was convinced that they could send me home. Fun fact, they do not send you home when you get your period. That does not mean you're recovered. Day three, I cried to all the counselors about being bored. That was my only complaint. Well, that and the slight disbelief that I'd consumed Cheerios. Original Cheerios. I was so trapped mentally. I cried and cried, but eventually I moved on. Day seven at AWOLD, I ran. I got upset and couldn't imagine another week without walking or outing or leaving the house. I hated it. I felt empowered and I felt so very invalidated. I wanted to hitchhike and ditch life. So I ran and ran really fast into a bush. And I ran into a bush and hid for a solid 20 minutes while the staff were out looking for me. It was crunched down in this little book 
push that my life changed. I realized I wanted to go back, even though sad, even though it was going to be embarrassing and hard. I missed the friends I'd made there. I missed the milieu staff. I missed the nurse who I'd mentioned earlier on and the milieu director, who was the one who found me, my dietitian, and most of all, my therapist. I realized in this push that my therapist was the first person who had ever been able to make me accept and believe in full recovery. So I came back. The hill and driveway was very steep and about and above my movement level. The walk of Shane in my bright pink dress, shoeless with a twig in my hair, was one of the lowest moments in my life. I saw the million manager come out to me. She waved and yelled, don't run. I came and she saw the counselor. She and the counselor sat with me, crying pathetically, I will add. She gave me a hug and told me that they weren't going to make me go back. I told her I wanted to, that I came out of the bushes for a reason. When I went back, I restricted my stack and refused boost because I was emotional and convinced I would give up. I'm forever happy I did this because it was this that made me realize that it was never about food. Because in this moment, or my body, because or fear for that matter, I realized deep down inside the eating disorder was called by anger and resentment and sadness, that I could beat this. My body image and food thoughts would change as I did the work. So I committed to recovery. I decided to surrender to recovery. I decided to surrender everything and turning over every belief and behavior I've ever to my recovery. As I began to fully recover, I saw more progress than I've ever seen. And I started to gain back my life and personality. One month in, and I'm still surrendered and will continue to surrender. I will surrender to recovery every day because food should not be feared and life should not be melancholy. Life should be fun and it should be enjoyed. So this is the, my story of living. I'm telling the story of a girl who is committed to living, who does the Macarena to cope with the jitters and uses dark humor to kill a bad mood. She wears whatever the F she wants, who says what she means and does what she wants. I'm living now not surviving. Oh my gosh. I remember when I read that, it was so like, oh, I love, see, okay. Reading these, I've already, I read these just before I started filming this episode. That's why I decided to film it. But honestly, I'm like at a point right now where I'm like kind of confused. Like, I don't even know if I necessarily need to go back to treatment. I definitely don't think residential is the level I need, but my family can't do IOP or PHP. And I feel like outpatient isn't quite enough. So residential is really the only choice. But then also, I kept debating if I should go to mood and anxiety or eating disorder. But I think that's my eating disorder trying to convince me that I don't really have one. But it's like, like, sometimes I feel like I have one. And like the next day I'm fine. Like today I'm fine. I don't, it's just really confusing right now. And I'm really anxious to go back. I feel like, I mean, I talked about these staff. And like I said every day that I was going to surrender to recovery forever. I literally made my goodbye tile surrender. Like everything about my life was about surrendering and recovery. And I think honestly, the perfectionism in my recovery kind of played a role in why I relapsed. Cause once I made one like mistake, I say in air quotes in recovery, I just kind of felt like I was a failure and I threw it all away, but I'm trying to get out of that headspace. And honestly, at first, if I'm being fully honest, I was like, I want to go and like, if I can't be good at recovery, then I want to be the sickest one there. And that's a really bad mentality. And honestly, now after reading all these, I've shifted my mindset into I want to go as far into recovery as I can. Like, I want to show up so recovered that they're like, that they are like, send me home after a few days, which won't happen, but I'm happy to have the support anyways. But, you know, why would I make it harder on myself and not easier? So I'm trying really hard at home. Um, and you know, I'm trying my best and I'm honestly doing a lot better in recovery. And I'm not really sure, like, if I necessarily need it there. Like, I, I'm going for a couple of reasons, but 
like the biggest one is that I'm also like really struggling with depression and anxiety. And so I, and, but because I have eating disorders, sometimes I can't go to the mood and anxiety one. So my hope is that like, even if my eating disorders at bay while I'm there, like, you know, not really an issue, I can still get help from my other, anyways, yeah. Um, okay. This one, how many pages is this? Okay. This is two and a half pages, but as I told you, we're already 20 minutes in. This is going to be a long episode. Like, but I swear, this episode's a sleigh. I love today. Um, I literally just checked my phone. <laughs> Why am I checking my phone during a podcast? <laughs> Probably because I haven't gone to school in three weeks. And I went from A's to D's. Just like my breast size in eighth grade. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that on here. Guys, I have no filter. I mean, I'm working on my filter. I filter a lot when I'm on here. In real life, I don't have any filter, like at all. Um at all. I'm working really hard on it. Okay. This is my goodbye. Like we have a goodbye group and this is what I read at my goodbye group. Cause as I said, you don't have to write one, but I loved writing. So I wrote every time I could and read it to everyone. I liked sharing my writing. That was just who I was and who I am still. I'm checking in feeling empowered. This sentence I've said several times this past month. One of my proudest personal achievements has been this feeling empowered. The definition of empowered is to have authority or power to do something. I'm proud to find my empowerment from recovery because I haven't always felt empowered. And when I did, it wasn't always from the healthiest of ways. September 1st, 2020 was the day I was diagnosed with anorexia. I did not feel empowered that day. There were several attempts made to put on an empowered appearance, but the reality is I was shaking in fear. What was there to be empowered about? I was sick. I was ill. Most of all, I was depressed. But I, did not, but I wanted to feel empowered. Ever since I was a little kid, I've craved empowerment. I'm not sure why. Maybe it was because on the inside I was insecure and frightened little kid. Or maybe it was because all the people I looked up to were empowered. Nevertheless, the sensation of the sensation of empowerment has always been something I've chased. Nowadays, I've considered myself someone who is very recovery-minded. I'll own it proudly. In my own opinion, I have fully surrendered to recovery. The surrendering is where I found my empowerment now. I feel empowered when I take steps towards defeating and defying the monster inside me. Empowerment has now come from moments of emotional regulation, opposite action, soda taste testing, French toast, honoring my hunger, wearing what I want, and living wholeheartedly. But I also want to be transparent. I was not always surrendered, recovery-minded, or empowered. At blank, I planned, I'm like, for privacy, yeah. At blank, I planned my relapse the minute I got there. The day that I did a behavior. I'm just going to like make this on triggering, so some of it might be edited. Um, day two, okay, this part's kind of funny. Day two, the nurse brought me a brownie with frosting. I, to say I was angry was an understatement. I used the end of the fork to write F-U in the brownie. Day three, they told me not to dip my cookies in milk. This was was on the side of salad. Oh, that's triggering. Okay. Um, but eventually did calm the hell down. I was not recovery-minded at all. I was simply seeking empowerment. But I was looking in all the wrong spots. Writing F-U. I felt falsely empowered. I had the authority to do what I wanted. There was nothing to lose. During my time in recovery as outpatient, I sought empowerment through illness. I sought the feeling of empowerment through sneaky behaviors such as blank. This led me to believe that I was empowered, but I was not. I was ill. Illnesses was not empowering. You will lose your authority, power, and control quickly. And I did. My stay at Radies, oh. <laughs> my stay at Radies sh- shortly before coming there was the most was the least and most empowering weeks of my life. It felt empowering, but the reality is that it was embarrassing, regretful, and shameful. The first thing I did at a Oh, that's my. Mm, 
that's a really funny story, but it, I don't know if it would be triggering. It's just not eating disorder stuff, but it, it, it's funny. I can't read the rest of this. I didn't think this was going to be this triggering because I read it in group, but like we could be honest. And so I made some comparisons to like things I used to do. So I've just decided not to finish reading this because um, while it's raw, and I think some people would appreciate it, I want this to be a safe space for everyone. So, oh my gosh, I feel, I keep clapping. Oh my gosh, okay. Literally we're 25 minutes in, but I love that. I'm having so much fun. I should, fun fact about me is I haven't been to school in three and a half weeks because I am very depressed. And I might not sound very depressed because I'm kind of going through a manic episode to be honest, but on the bright side, it's making me really recovery oriented. So I'm having a very silly goofy mood right now, but I am having a lot of fun. Okay, this is like the day that I've decided to surrender to recovery. It's just one page, but I love it. I love it. Like I remember I came into my therapist's office like right after I ate weld and I was like, guess what? I'm surrendering to recovery. And I don't think she knew what that meant. So I like wrote this up and then like the next day I read this to her. And then like from there, I just, I did it. Like I surrendered to recovery. I didn't use behavior. Like, oh, I was a slide. Okay. I'm surrendering to recovery because I cannot stand torn between two roads anymore. When in quasi, choosing to please both ED and the recovery minded you, you stand between a fork in the road with your legs stretched wide, unable to move down either of them very far. In choosing one route, you can fully reap the benefits and the consequences of this route. This leaves me at a tough place, choosing illness or recovery. I have, in the past, chosen the first route. This was the route with self-sabotage and led me to no good places. So this time I have chosen the second route, to route to recovery. This path is windy, has many ups and downs, but it will be absolutely worth it. I surrender to endure all the hardships of this path. I surrender to recovery. I can journey far down this path. I can continue to progress down this path through the narrow and windy parts. Fear will not stop me, nor cause me to turn back and choose the other path this time. Because while the other path was much easier, positive rewards are not found at the end of the tunnel. Recovery is not instant gratification. None of the best things in life are. To me, surrendering to recovery means embracing and accepting all of recovery. This can be from choosing to challenge myself without being forced or feeding myself to full satiety. Sometimes this looks like embracing fast and sudden changes in meals or plans. Other times this is going outside and screaming and ripping up boxes rather than running away from my worries, literally. Surrendering to recovery is choosing variety, balance, and moderation without being forced. It's not pacing or micro-exercising even when people aren't watching. It's participating in therapy even when you're dealing with emotions is the absolute last thing you want to do. Surrendering to recovery is worth it. You all, you are, you head for, first and all into it. You say yes, yes to change and yes to challenges. When unexpected challenges arise and you look them in the eye and give them a wink. When you want to engage in behaviors, you do the opposite. Want to restrict, eat a little bit more. Want to limit food, limit variety, try new food. Angry at yourself, say some affirmations. Because after summering time and time again, eventually the eating disorder will take the hint and move on. The eating disorder will give up and surrender as well. And you can recover. The voices will go away. Recovery is possible and it's happening. This like changed my life. Honestly, all of these, I'm pretty sure today I just pulled myself out of a relapse. I mean, like, I'm only like a couple days clean from like eating behaviors. But, you know, I, I still think I'm like, honestly, I think I was like, I'm going to do a whole episode. I'm not sure if I ever really relapsed or if I just wanted to relapse because life was getting like, I don't know. I don't know.
But honestly, right now, all I'm thinking is like, like, I mean, I'm going in two weeks. Like, I don't think like, even if I don't do any behaviors for these two weeks, it's still not like enough to not go. And I kind of want to go for the help, but I'm worried I'm going to get there. And they're going to be like, you don't have an eating disorder. Like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't know. That's my problem. Um, I wrote a really aggressive letter to anorexia because we were supposed to write like a love letter, but I turned it into a breakup letter. And that was apparently the next assignment. I literally like, I was basically it was like, F you, F you, F you. Um, yeah. And then there's, then I had to redo the assignment and write a love letter. And it was so short. I was like, I love you. Bye. <laughs> um, and then I wrote something about perfectionism, but I didn't like that poem. And then that, oh my gosh. And then I have like all of these letters and I'm not going to read them because they're super personal, but they seriously cracked me up. Like, I mean, like aesthetically, I have like 40 letters in here because I have letters from people I was with. And then I had a lot of pen pals while I was in there and I loved that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I found some of my like recovery stuff. Okay. So my dietitian printed out a calendar for me and I was supposed to highlight all of my still fear foods as green, yellow, or red, like green being like moderate, yellow being like pretty high and then red being like, oh my gosh. And I kept, they called ERPs, um, exposure response prevention. And I would like, <laughs> um, and I would like write down every time, like I would try, okay, this was kind of a behavioral looking back, but I wanted to like, I wanted my dietitian to know everything I was track. Like, this is just something that I can see I progressed in recovery is even though I'm like not in the best place right now for recovery, I would never make a log of all the fear foods I have. Like I don't, I mean, I have a different kind of eating disorder as well, but like, I don't have fear foods. Um, I'm not, that's another thing. I don't know if I should get into that, but like, I don't know if I have like a traditional eating disorder right now. Like it has nothing to do with my weight or my body or like any of that food. Like, I don't know. But anyways, I <laughs> would like write the fear before, the fear after. Sometimes I'd leave a comment and I would write the date and like how many, I mean, at least there was like seven for each day, but just shows like, A, I would never be afraid of most of these things. And then B, like later in recovery, it just became normal. Like I, I got used to having fear foods all the time. So and I didn't feel the need to like prove it to somebody. Like I, I wouldn't, if I went back to treatment, like if I'm probably going back, but when I go back to treatment, I'm not going to like show my dietitian, like I had this, 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 and this today. Like, first of all, they see everything we eat. I just don't need to reiterate it. Second of all, I'm not going to be like, that gave me this fear. That gave me this fear. Like, no, I'll just, like, that was, no. Okay. But anyways, I want to read because this is so funny. Um, oh, wait. See, I'm really trying to keep this as safe as possible. I don't know if sharing what my ERPs are. Well, I ate them all anyways. So I feel like saying that I ate these all and felt the fear anyways was like, what's that? I don't know. I really can't decide if this is going to be triggering or not. I mean, I probably should just err on the side of not, but it's so funny to me. Like, or not funny, but it's so like, I love how hard I was trying. 
but I'm not gonna read it. But anyways, I had it all filled out, and and I'll just go like and like I, I'm I, yeah. And then I made a list of all the foods I want to make peace with, and I've made peace with like pretty much every single one of these, so that's great. And I wrote how healthy eating can be bad for you. Um. And that's kind of boring. And then I have like my coping skills sheet. What's this? Oh my gosh, I found more like letters and stuff. I love that. I would create lists. I would create lists of things to discuss. I'd therapy three times a week. So like I was constantly in therapy. Like, I mean, I'd group therapy all like several times a day, but I'd individual therapy three times a week. And I would create lists between each one of all the things I wanted to discuss with my therapist all of the important things. I'm going to read this list and I might skip it if I find something triggering, but I don't think I will be. Things to discuss with blank. One, blank, like a location, versus virtual, um, versus close to home PHP. Spoiler alert, I dropped out of PHP because I really don't think I needed it. And that's going to make me sound like a bad, not bad person, but I didn't need it. Like I, I felt like I did a stronger recovery about it. And like, some people might say, but you're relapsing, but I don't, I think I would have, this would have happened regardless of if I went to PHP or not. Okay. Two, school and sports in relation to PHP. Three, my bad week. <laughs> my therapist left on vacation for a week and I had like a terrible week. Like I was going to get moved up to the next phase. And then I just like was awful that week. Like, I mean, I, it's not funny, but it, it's just four Thursday. Just Thursday. If you've ever been to program where I went, you know why I put Thursday. But Thursday was the day you got all of your results. Like, what's your assignments for the week? What's your meal plan going to look like? What phase are you on? There's like three phases or four phases, but no one really gets to the fourth. Um, what, like all of these different things. So I just thought it was so funny that I put Thursday. Five, challenges and exposures. Six grocery. Oh, I remember I wanted them to take me grocery shopping as an exposure, but then I like left like three days later. Seven belt. Okay. Funniest thing about my belt. I had to keep, it was like an anorexic belt is what we're going to call it. It had, it like was tied to my anorexia. So my last day there, we like seriously got shovels, like me and my dietitian, my therapist and like dug up a big hole, shoved the belt down there and then covered it. And then I made like a little stone and I wrote here lies CN's ED. That's like, I'm going to cry thinking about the fact that I have to go back there. I literally buried my eating disorder. I'm trying to be really graceful with myself and really kind and not like beat myself up over relapsing. But like, it's really hard. And I know it wasn't, I think I overreacted, not overreacted. I mean, no relapse is a good relapse, but like, I mean, it was a very short relapse and it wasn't like I pulled myself out. I sought help. Like it was not a full blown relapse at all. And it had nothing to do with my old eating disorder. It was like all very new stuff. But nevertheless, I feel like I disappointed everyone there. And that's probably my biggest fear about going back. But anyways, body image plus hunger on period. Aftercare professionals. Oh, I found two great professionals. Um, excitement versus normality about recovery. <laughs> 11, bagels. Anyone who knows me knows that bagels were a big thing. 12, seating arrangements at the table. <laughs> oh, Yes. We love compulsions. I mean, not compulsions, obsessions. 13. I wanted to take lime and lemon shots every time I was stressed, but they said no. And that really upset me. And then four, I wanted more assignments. Uh, she actually gave me less because she thought it was a behavior. 
Um, what is this? Oh, I have like a little folder with like random assignments that we did as group. That was really boring to me. I like put all my least favorite things in this folder. No offense. Um, I wrote what health and wellness added and removed for my life. And it was kind of just really shady. I was kind of like a hate letter to Chloe Ting, to be honest. But it was funny. So um, what's this? I keep finding more and more letters. Oh my gosh, I found one I never sent. I feel like, okay, today's been really hard. Right now I'm waiting for lunch while the others who can prep, prep. I'm super anxious because I'm having hunger. OMG, terrifying. I'm really stressed, bored, and anxious being here. It's been a week. I'm hoping this place will really help. I've challenged so many fears, but that's the least of what I've done. It's not really about the food, and I'm doing a great job realizing that it's more about that. My hopes for myself is that I will one day will be able to be a new Cami. That I can be a friend who can support myself, but you as well. I hope that you can go get, we could go boyfriend hunting, that's not helpful. Boyfriend hunting together. I want to live my fullest and I want this moment to be happy and healthy again. I don't want you or anyone to fear that I will die from any cause. I want to have fun and fun at parties and like myself more and be free. I want freedom. I want to see you and Katie and be a good friend once again and have fun. I want sports back. I want to live. And I think this place might just help me get there. Cammy. How are you? How's your foot? Family? Blank, 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 blank. How's the new world without me? <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, what's this? Oh, this is a poem. I didn't write it though, so I'm not going to read it. And this is also, oh, yeah, okay. <sighs> what's this? Ooh, fancy letter. Oh, this is my goodbye letter someone wrote me. That's, I love that letter. And then I literally have eight chapters worth of a book back here. And then everyone's addresses. I love, oh my gosh, there's like fun pictures back here that like people drew me, like my friends from treatment. I love that, honestly. Also, you can probably hear the noise. This is like the least, as I said before, like the worst, not worst, but like definitely the least professional and like organized episode I've ever made. But I love it. It's so funny. And then I have like my goodbye rock stuff. And I think that's it for the tour. Um, I wish I could read you guys some other stuff, but I just, it's too personal or it's triggering, but honestly, I could, and honestly, this episode's already pretty long. Oh, I found one more thing I want to read. 101 reasons why I'm recovering. I'm curious. I'm just going to say yes or no. Or, yeah, I'm not going to read these all probably, but I want to see if I'm still, like if they happened, still happening, if there's still something I want. One, college fun in the future. That's a big inspiration for me. I actually plan on, I hate high school. Like, I'm just gonna be honest. I think going to high school played such a major role in why I relapsed, like, and why I'm depressed. Like, I hate high school. I hate middle school. I have never liked, I don't, I feel like I'm enjoying college, so I don't know why. Maybe I won't, but like, I need to go to college. But anyways, I'm graduating early, so I'm going to finish my classes this summer, and then next year, I'm taking a gap year, and I'm going to get a job and go on a road trip, like, across the country, a solo road trip. That's why I'm getting the job so I can save up for that. And then I'm also going to then go to two years of community college and then switch to a four year after that. Anyways, breakfast dates with Blink. I don't think I went on any with that person, but I went on a lot of breakfast dates. Being able to get out of bed in the morning. That's a nice one. Not showering four times a day in winter. 
okay, well, showering kind of became my coping mechanism. It's my, I have a complicated relationship, but it wasn't behavior. Um, appreciating the little things again. Yeah. I mean, at first I did, but then I kind of just got used to like having a happier life. Starbucks friends with my, I don't like, I don't like Starbucks anymore. And honestly, I think that's one way I didn't surrender is I never really challenged like fun coffees that much. So that's definitely one thing I want to do while I'm in program. Relaxing bike rides to my ACL so that my parents can sleep with ease um, until the last couple of weeks they have. Counter kids friendship. We haven't hung out that much. Beach trips. I haven't gone once, I don't think. That's really sad. I went way more before recovery, honestly. Volleyball tournaments. Didn't go to one. Setting private. No. Laughing with my teammates. Don't have teammates. Rock climbing. Can't do that. Lifting new PRs. <laughs> I never was as strong as I was pre because I didn't, like, I just didn't like, I mean, like, when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I was, like, seriously, like, becoming, like, a pro lifter. Like, I was really lifting a lot for, like, my weight and size, but, um, and age and everything, but I just, it kind of became more, like, chill, because it just wasn't good for my recovery to, like, focus on PRs. Late night lifts, I actually, like, like, that's when it's busy, so I actually don't like those anymore. Sunsets, golden hour photo shoots, shopping for new clothes, (laughs) I shop all the time. I shopped yesterday. I shopped last week. I seriously spent all my money on shopping, especially thrifting. I thrift like 95% of what I wear. Local restaurants. Yes. My favorite is Greenhouse Cafe and I go there all the time. Variety and choice, brain freedom, better grades. That's one thing. My grades always correlate with my mental health. Like I had straight A's, straight A's, straight A's. And then when I got my eating disorder, I nearly failed. I got a bunch of pity passes, but um, then like first semester I had straight A's and then the semester like once like I don't even I might not pass like half my classes like I would be happy if I got three C's and three F's like that'd be good um eating what my friends eat when I'm with them oh I love that I love that eating at blinks when her mom cooks oh yes vacations that's really sad because I was gonna go on a trip to Europe this summer with my best friend for two and a half weeks but it's still reason I'm recovering because we were able to reschedule the plane tickets. So for up to a year. So if I get better mental, like eating disorder, depression, anxiety, and then my parents think I'll actually like be safe and be able to enjoy the trip, then me and my best friend get to go on that trip. So that's a big reason I'm recovering. Senior year cruise. Well, I'm doing this trip to Europe instead. Car rides of blank. Those were fun. Bailey, my dog. To have something to write about. I don't write really much as much anymore, unfortunately. Um, warm hugs, fuzzy socks, biomed school. I totally sw- switched career paths, but AP Lang and Psych and Calc next year. I actually loved all those classes. Ceramics mastery. I suck at ceramics still. It's so funny. Trying new recipes. I no. Um, don't like that. Cute bakeries. I don't really have any cute bakeries, but I guess. Fun on road trips. Haven't gone on one. Dancing in my bedroom. I don't care. I'm so depressed right now. I make a point to pull a Meredith Grey. I dance it out. I dance every night to the song So Wet by Pink. If I'm in a really bad mood, it's Sober by Demi Lovato or Skinny Love by Birdie. Um, But sometimes if I'm in a good mood, it's like On Top of the World by Imagine Dragons or Have It All by Jason Mraz or Brighter Than the Sun by Colby Colby or whatever her name is. Um, There's some other. Those are like the go-tos. Oh, have um, All I Know So Far by Pink is like a mid, like either so not mid it's my favorite song but like middle ground the best snaps less stomach pain 
writing poems, finding a new favorite song. I did. Ice skating, trying something new, going to a soccer game, just dance, all the different rooms I will decorate, meeting new people, falling in love. We're just going to skip that. Making new and lasting friendships. Honestly, I don't think I, I don't think I have. I think it's one of the reasons I'm still depressed. Trying a new fun haircut. I did do that. Dyeing my hair a different color. Have not done that. Running out of shampoo and conditioner at the same time. Have yet to do that. Pottery painting places with my dad. Did that two days ago. Watching over do silly and stupid things. Every day. That's a, he's my cat. Everyday thing. Baby showers for me and my friends. Oh my gosh. I I go back and forth on like, sometimes I'm like, I think I've just decided whoever I'm with, I'm going to let them choose if we have kids or not. Unless I become more passionate about it in the future. Like I'll just go with the flow. Because sometimes I'm like, I cannot have children. Like, what if my child is anorexic? I could not raise me. Like, what if my child is rebellious? And what if my child has, I've always been told I have a strong personality is what we're going to call it. But what if my child's like me? Like, I don't want to raise me. Cafe and lunch runs with blank, blank, blank. Going to a concert. Haven't done that. Um, muscle soreness after a test. Oh, yes. I love muscle soreness. But like, not muscle soreness from, I don't know if everyone else gets like eating disorder muscle soreness, but that, that I don't like that. But I like like workout muscle soreness. Sing sidewalk chalk, PB&Js. I think I grew out of my PB&J phase. I haven't had one in a long time. Uh, teaching my family to play, my future family to play nerds. Um, making wildly inappropriate inside jokes with my family. Better holidays, better sleep. The feeling when my feet wake up and it's good hurt that feeling when my oh like when your feet fall asleep and then they wake up and it's like i love that um thinking and writing new novels and imagining new characters i have started a new novel i this whole time i've said i haven't written but i did actually start a new novel so i'm not we're just gonna pretend like i haven't said that the whole time like i still write a lot just not i write like two hours a day i don't know what i'm talking about i just don't write as much as i used to anyways i hope i'm bringing this with me i don't care that's like a fully complete treatment binder this is like my go-to and then I have like I printed out a bunch of dms that really inspired me from instagram and I'm going to create a lot collage on them for my placemat when I get there I already have that planned out and let me try there's one more thing I wanted to read oh it's in my okay and then I have my recovery bullet journal I'm already wow this has been a long episode but I have my recovery bullet journal and I just kind of like go through some posts. Like I printed out my favorite posts and made journal prompts. So I got one about serving sizes and then the left side's like a question. And then this one says, is a poem. And I love it. I want to read this. Okay. It seems like I'll be down forever. It's just me and my secrets. Just me and my thoughts. My heart heavy. My mind filled with envy. And yet it's December. Everything came crashing. My heart, my soul, my brain. Everything was in pain. I had formed new lows. Do I think it will get better? No way. It's already May. This part sucked. It was painful. It was hard. My brain felt charred. Though the rain kept pouring, there were less tears in my eyes. Are my struggles going goodbye? It was July. The lights shine bright in my life, my heart, even the, through the night of the dark, dark of the night. I smile now with joy, fulfillment, cheer. That's how. The thought's nearly gone. I appreciate each day's dawn. Remember, this is December. I love that quote. I love that. Honestly, I should have done this the day I started relapsing. I am like convinced I'm a recovery queen again. I am literally about to make a post being like, guys, I lied. I'm a recovery queen. Um, But I know just because I'm doing well with my eating disorder doesn't mean I'm doing well with depression and anxiety. So 
I don't know how Draymond's going to work out. We'll see. Um, I don't want to say I'm, yeah, I'll be fine. Whatever happens, but I'm trying to find, this is the last thing I promise. Okay. I found it. Okay. So this is, you've probably, you know, probably, probably didn't read it, but I made this post called built like me. It's a, um, poem and it's based on something someone said to me when I was in a swimsuit once at a party when I was like, it's really on like death store, but okay. Like me. Wow. I wish I was built like you. So this is the half, half healthy and happy girl peering at me in astonishment. Like me, you can be. But being built like me means that you won't just look sulkin, you'll feel sulkin. What part of me do you want to be? Is it the peel of counting the vertebrae in my back? The appeal of dirty eyes? Maybe the tears on my cheek. To be built like me is to be built in a cage, an invisible cage. You believe you have the keys to let yourself out, but you don't. And the cage isn't prison, it's hell, an icy hell, a freezing cold hell. And instead of flames, I'll hurt you, it's the voices in your head. But sure, go ahead, join me in the cage. To look like me, you have to be a person without friends. The things you do to be built like me, lying, sneaking, hiding, these things don't make friends. Instead of sleep, you'll have nightmares. Instead of memories, you'll have loneliness. Instead of laughter, you'll have tears. Yes, you can be built like me, built brittle, built frail in the heart, painful in the head, scared in the body, and at war with yourself. So sure, be built like me. Oh god, that was such a slay. Okay, as much as I could honestly go on with this episode forever, I just want to end it with like a little thought dump. Honestly, like I'm trying to get my meds figured out and stuff, but I have, feel like I have two brains like this really, and they're polar opposites. Like one is like super recovery motivated. Like I literally like had ice cream at 10 a.m. this morning and, and digested it. And the other one is like no recovery. And that's probably why I'm going back to treatment, but I don't even know. I keep convincing, and it might be my eating disorder, but I keep convincing myself that I'm like trying to be sick because I feel really lonely and depressed and sad and anxious. And I guess like, for whatever reason, my mind was like, no, you won't feel those ways if you're anorexic, but I didn't even become anorexic again. And yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Cause this is like personally my favorite episode. I literally just like shared my entire heart with you guys. So I would love some feedback. Even if you I don't don't give me feedback. If you don't like that, eh, you can just, yeah. Give me feedback either way. Um, also, I literally saw that some of y'all have given this like a five star on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And that like melted my heart. I love that. But anyways, I love you all so much. I'm about to go get a snack and a drink. And because I'm, my new obsession is drinks. And no, not like locale drinks. I just any drink. And yeah, so I hope you all have a great day. I hope this entertained you. I hope whatever you're doing while you listen to this was great. If you made it through this far, I hope you enjoyed it. And either way, I hope you enjoyed it. But yeah, keep fighting, warriors. Love you.